Hello and welcome to Adam Analyzes. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. This episode will be hitting on the first of the year, as you know, because you're listening to it right now. So that means my Krampus episode was the last one of 2020. Hopefully you guys had a great New Year's Eve and are having an even better New Year's Day. I myself, like everyone else, am hoping for a better 2021 than what 2020 actually gave us. But let's not dwell too much in that. This week's episode is going to be on Wonder Woman 84. Director of the first film, Patty Jenkins, returns here. This time she is also credited with some scripting duties. So it's obvious that she had a lot more creative control here. Gal Gadot is also back as Wonder Woman. We have Chris Pine back as well. The one thing this movie, I don't think, intended to introduce was a large amount of internet backlash and hate. I saw this movie probably a few days after it actually premiered on HBO Max. I was surprised to see how everybody turned on the character of Wonder Woman, director Patty Jenkins, the movie itself. If you managed to read up on some of the audience reactions as well as some of the videos that people are doing on YouTube and such, they're pretty much saying it's one of the worst comic book movies ever, if not one of the worst movies ever. Well, it's actually none of those. Honestly, I had a good time with it. I wasn't really expecting much. I wasn't expecting it to be great. I wasn't expecting it to be terrible. I do have to say that I have not seen the first Wonder Woman film. I am somewhat familiar with the character, but only by different pop culture references and stuff like that. So this was pretty much me coming into it fresh. I didn't have any preconceptions. I only saw her in Batman v Superman. I saw her in Justice League. Of course, that was the Joss Whedon, Warner Brothers, chopped and screwed version of Justice League. Honestly, I don't get why people are hating this as much as what they are. I think if they would have actually gone to the theater and seen it, if they have not actually just saw it on HBO Max, then they might have had a different opinion. I don't know, I can't say for sure, because I don't know if you watched on HBO Max or if you went to the theater to see it. One of the things that people were complaining about was the CGI. I thought the CGI effects are relatively well done. I think it's a little mishandled towards the end of the movie as far as the way some things look, but it was never really distracting to me. So for people to say the special effects looked like they belonged on a CW TV show, that's definitely far from the truth. I don't know if they actually watched any of those CW DC shows or not, but it's actually a huge step up from something that the CW produces. There is much to say about the actual story of the film. It largely involves a wish stone, as well as the character Maxwell Lord. Maxwell Lord is a Donald Trump-esque character. It wasn't an actual blatant copy or anything like that, and that's a good thing. He does actually have some Donald Trump qualities. I don't really get a smarmy or like very slick personality type of character of Maxwell Lord they did go in different directions but at the end of the day he is a grifter a little bit a person that goes and takes investors money and 
doesn't really come through with anything substantial from the investor money. I know director Patty Jenkins said that they kind of took little qualities from a whole bunch of different characters for Maxwell Lord. One of those is Gordon Gecko, of course, from Oliver Stone's Wall Street. I can see that a little bit as well. I think it's good that they didn't go for a straight up copy of any one person or anything like that. Instead, they allowed actor Pedro Pascal to sort of do his own thing. I think that worked out well because he is a little bit of a sympathetic villain. My only issue with him, when all said and done, why didn't he have anything happen to him at the end of the movie? It seems like he did all this bad stuff and yet he gets away with it. I guess that kind of goes with the love and forgiveness theme of Wonder Woman 84. There's not just that, but there's also the idea of being honorable and truthful, not taking the shortcut in life. That whole idea is established very early in the movie with the first scene where it shows a very young Diana Prince taking on the rest of her Amazonians. I don't know exactly what they're called, but she's in a almost gladiator game type of thing where they're trying to show the best warrior or whatnot. She goes and she goes and cheats in order to win. She takes the easy path. Well, this movie with its whole idea with wishes and this wish stone giving you whatever you want, does it make something better at that point if you don't have to work for it? I don't think it would be as rewarding. This movie does beat you over the head a little bit with that. I know some people said that it's a little vague, I don't think it's vague at all. If anything, it's a little bit too overbearing. And for everybody that goes and says about the Snyderverse, yes, I know this is separate from that DCEU. We're now in a different DCEU or whatever they're going to call it now. The many worlds of DC, I don't know. Something like that. It's overwhelmingly positive. It's a positive movie. Just like Shazam was a positive film as well. This one goes one step further with that whole idea. Zack Snyder didn't have anything to do with this, even though the first one that was praised, well, guess what? Zack Snyder helped out with the script on that one. I personally don't believe that the Zack Snyder DC universe there, I don't think that it was always intended to be dark and drab. I think it was always supposed to have a little bit of that, but then the hope and the heroics were going to shine through in future movies or whatnot. But we actually have movies here that are much lighter entertainment than, say, what Batman vs. Superman was. If you look at something like Shazam or even Wonder Woman 84, maybe even the first Wonder Woman based off of what I've seen of it, it wasn't always going to be a drab, dark, dreary affair. This movie clearly sets a different tone than what I've seen in the first film. This has a very gee whiz, we're in a comic book movie, we're watching a comic book movie type of feel. It has a very heroic theme as far as the music used and it just sounds good. I was actually given a little bit of a feeling of the Richard Donner, Christopher Reeves Superman films at the very start of this movie. It does establish that it's firmly in 1984, which I'm okay with. I know that the whole use of the 80s is getting to be a little bit old. 
thank you, Stranger Things. But really, it works for this movie. I don't mind it at all. I keep coming back to this whole thing with the wish stone. I really didn't mind that. Diana Prince's wish was for Steve Trevor to come back, who was, of course, her love interest from the first movie. It gets a little weird right here because it seems that he possesses the body of another guy. No one else sees Steve Trevor but Diana. She sees him. She knows it's him. Everybody else sees this other guy. So it's kind of a weird twist when they decide to have a possession in this film. And it's not a horror movie. Go figure. Bringing back the character of Steve Trevor, you could look at it as two different ways. You could say that it is a cheap plot device to evoke emotion from us, the audience. Or you could actually go and say, well, it was nice to have him back because it puts a little bit of closure between the relationship of Diana and Steve. This wish stone is actually the catalyst for a lot of things to happen in the movie. The character of Maxwell Lord becomes the wish master. I'm joking with that right there because I know people are comparing Wonder Woman 84 to the Wes Craven produced movie Wishmaster, which spawned, I think, three or four sequels. It's kind of funny to me that they would compare it to Wishmaster. For one, I don't think Wishmaster is really remembered that fondly. I remember seeing it. It's great because it has a lot of different horror icons in the film, along with some really good special effects work. Is it a favorite of mine? Not really. Is it fair to compare Wishmaster to Wonder Woman? 84? Not really, but I can see the comparison and it is kind of humorous. The other one that has a very cool interaction, or not so cool depending on what you think of the character and how they were given very little story arc other than the interesting but yet not so interesting nerd, that would actually be the character of Barbara Minerva played by actress Kristen Wiig. She's okay in this movie. She is not really given much to do. She's almost a similar character to like Jim Carrey's Riddler from Batman Forever. So I wish they would have made her arc a little bit stronger. Again, I was fine with it for the movie because for one, I didn't pay for this movie. It's included with HBO Max. I felt like I was getting a cinema quality film at home. It should also be noted that I saw some of the DC EU stuff in the comfort of my own home and it didn't detract from my viewing one bit when Barbara winds up wishing herself into a creature that the world has never seen before and becomes Cheetah. I was okay with that too. It was kind of a underwhelming fight scene specifically because she wasn't as the cheetah very much yes i said the cheetah i realized the character's name is cheetah but kind of sounds silly saying it that way overall kristen wig along with everybody else it's a character and acting that is simply just good enough and I'm okay with that. So I'm wondering why everybody is having such a hard time with the wishes idea with this wish stone. The wish stone idea really wasn't bad. I think it was a different approach. I don't know if the wish stone appeared in other comic books, other Wonder Woman comic books, or if it showed up in like a Green Lantern or something like that. I don't know. 
I would need somebody out there to let me know on that. But to actually pick that plot device apart, how is that any more non-believable than anything we saw in a Marvel film. It almost reminds me of something that Thanos would have at his command. Of course, we can believe in Infinity Gauntlet because, you know, it's Marvel and we can't believe a wish stone because this is DC. I do think that if there's any one thing that people should pick apart, it's probably that it doesn't exactly gel right with the admission that she had in, I believe, Batman v Superman or Justice League. I'm not sure which one that was, where Diana is saying that she basically went into hiding for roughly about 100 years. This doesn't gel with that at all. So that's a pretty big plot hole. I don't know if anybody out there really cares about plot holes. I think if you're looking for a female-led film, I think this is a much better movie than Birds of Prey. I didn't care for Birds of Prey that much. It's a movie that I saw. It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. I think this is definitely a better movie than that. For example, I have no desire to ever revisit Birds of Prey again, but I'll probably revisit Wonder Woman 84 again. It was an enjoyable time. It is a little long at two and a half hours. However, it didn't really feel like two and a half hours or so. Overall, I really did have a good time with it. I think it's worth your time, but if you're gonna come in with the preconception that you're not going to enjoy it, or that simply because it's a DC film that automatically renders it not good, then I think you're probably going to not enjoy it. Either way, if you haven't seen it yet, I recommend giving it a shot. You may like it, you may not, and if you don't, then that's okay. I think I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. If you need to catch up on past episodes, you can do so at adamanalyzes.com. If you need to reach me and don't do the whole social media thing, go ahead and drop me an email at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. The last thing I'm going to mention is, well, if you have a free moment, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice. It'll allow me to continue to make new episodes and reach new listeners. But with that being said, be kind, good night, and happy new year.